Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome into the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones with you for the next hour or so. Very excited. My first show officially taking over the nightcap. I've done a little bit here and there on the nightcap the past month or so, month and a half. Jumped in on Sports Talk Saturday. If you haven't heard me yet, I was producing Howard and Jeremy for the past, oh, however many months. I took over back in November. It's my first day with Shelton the Bulldog. I was on a little bit here and there. It's exciting. First day. Big first day as well. As before we get too far into the show, I do got a nice promotion to bring out because once again this year, WGR is proud to support the Sabres and Bills as together they host Give 716 Day beginning in about 10 minutes tonight, July 14th, and running through 716 a.m. Saturday morning, July 16th. So again, starting at 716 p.m. tonight, the goal of Give 716 is simple, to raise as much money for local charities as possible. Over 500 Western New York charities are participating, so there are many great organizations to support. All fans and Western New Yorkers near and far are encouraged to participate in Give 716 by making donations of any amount to your favorite charity or charities they can do so by giving by visiting give716.org. Again, that is give716.org between 7.16 p.m. tonight, that is Thursday, July 14th, and 7.16 a.m. on July 16th. Now, I want to do run through that because, again, that's coming in up in about, uh, about 12 or so minutes here. What can you get if you do give? I mean, of course, you know, giving out to a charity is, number one, a good thing regardless. Of course, us you know, Buffalo fans are... I mean, it's become part of our, our reputation now, right? I mean, that we we really go hard when it comes to donations to any players, foundation, charity, whatever it is. And it has become something I'm very proud of, you know, being from Buffalo. I, I have a lot of friends from Pittsburgh. I went to, I went to school down in Edinburgh for a year. So I have, I have friends, you know, from uh, you know, from Pennsylvania, from Pittsburgh, from Philadelphia, from New Jersey, Long Island. I, you know, I've got friends everywhere. And it is something I'm very proud to say I'm from Buffalo because we are it it does seem like we're a very giving community. And so I love that, you know, the Sabres and Bills are doing this again. I'm so proud that WGR is doing it. I'm proud that I can promote this. But of course, there's a positive that you can get here from this. You're not just giving away money to be a good person, of course. There's always a nice positive there. And we do have some nice incentives. So of course, it's starting at 7, uh, 7 16 tonight, but at 8 p.m. tonight, you're going to get a free. Or I'm I'm not not free, but you can get a Josh Allen autograph jersey for the first 100 donators 
of $716 or more. That's starting tonight at 8 p.m. There's going to be different foundations and different charities for each hour. Tonight, 716, it's Sean and Jamie McDermott and the Bills and Sabres Foundations. Of course, at 8 p.m. is going to be Josh Allen. Friday, July 15th, you've got 7 a.m. Delaware North, 8 a.m. Key Bank, 9 a.m. Dave and Adams Card World, 12 p.m. Wegmans, 1 p.m. Highmark, 4 p.m. M&T Bank, East Buffalo, 5 p.m. Rick Jenneret. I do want to talk a little bit about that because tomorrow on Shelton Bulldog at exactly 5 o'clock, Rick Jenneret will be on the show to talk with Bulldog and Sal. Mike Shope is still on vacation. He'll be back on Monday. But at 5 p.m. tomorrow, first 500 donators of $117.16 or more will receive an autographed Rick Jenneret banner. So there are some nice incentives there that you can do by giving back to the community, by really helping out. It's become such an iconic, and I'll use the word iconic for this. It has become such an iconic thing for Buffalo of how giving we are that even you know the littlest things we want to donate back. Of course, the big one, the one that started it all, Andy Dalton gets the bills in the playoffs and we just, we, we, we go after it. it. You know, it almost, at the time it felt like we were all just so euphoric at the idea that we, that the bills were back in the playoffs. It'd be a one-time thing. We would do it. It was a lot of fun. I even donated as well. It was, it was amazing. It was a lot of fun. And then we kept going. And so I, I, I'm I, again, I'm very proud to promote this. I'm very excited that GR is part of it. I'm very happy that the bills and Sabres are both doing it. So again, that's starting at seven sixteen, And again, you can get a part of this if you visit give716.org. And again, that is starting at 7.16 p.m. this Thursday, July 14th. And it will be running from 7.16 a.m. on July 16th. That is Saturday morning. But I, we do have some news, of course. I, I got a little bit of like, like an early Christmas present. Because, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're getting close to like the dog days of summer. We're, we're still waiting for Bill's training camp to open up. I mean, rookies report next week. I want to say the July 18th, right off the top of my head. But, you know, there was a shot here that my first nightcap could have been um, not much sports news. Could have been a lot of baseball, a lot of rumors, potentially, for NHL free agents. But instead, I get the nightcap the day after NHL free agency. Could not be more happy with that. Could not be more happy. Because, we, you know, the Sabres made some quieter moves, but moves I'm very happy with and I and that's kind of what I want to take it from here is I'm very very happy with what the Sabres did am I over the moon no I don't want to make it sound like you know Bulldog mentioned today you know it's not like the Sabres signed Taylor Hall and you know you're, you're sitting here just you know running through your head of, of, of different line combinations and what having a former or, or well recent at that time when he signed recent MVP could do for this team that's not it's not where we're at but I will tell you, and, and this is where I, you know, I've, I've heard, I've heard some of the callers, I've seen some of the tweets, I've seen how Sabres Twitter feels, and it, it does seem split on if people are happy or not, if people are satisfied or not. I want to tell you, I'm satisfied, but not a hundred percent. The Sabres have a great prospect pool. I don't think a lot of people would disagree with that. I think most of the NHL would agree that the Sabres prospect pool is very, very good, if not great. The likes of Owen Power. Quinn, J.J. Paterka, I, Peyton Krebs is probably still counting that. Rasmus Dahlin is still very young. Now you add in three first-round picks from this draft, Matthew Savoy being the marquee name. Samuelson would probably still be considered a prospect. And then, of course, we've all been seeing the videos 
from the Sabres development camp, which, by the way, day two was today, day three tomorrow. Of course, they have a scrimmage on Saturday. Devin Levi, Eric Portillo, those are great goaltending prospects. Devin Levi looks unbelievable for Northeastern. He's going back to college this year. But there was always this underlying sort of fear with what was going on with the Sabres because of one very specific position, goaltender. Who's going to be between the pipes? Who's going to genuinely stop pucks? Because I'll tell you, I went, to a, I went to a number of games last year. I, I do just enjoy going to Sabres games, bad or good. I just enjoy. It's a good night out. But I went a few times. And early in the year, the Arendelle, Dustin Dukarski run for a few games, that was, that was painful to watch. That got me to the point where I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know how anyone can deal with this. This is not it, – it, it got to the point it was hurting every player on the ice. They couldn't make a mistake. If they did, if they weren't perfect on the blue line, it was a goal. A turnover was a goal. And it, and it really crippled the team's psyche, I think, for a long run there. But we have to remember, Ukapeka Lukanen came in from Rochester and really stabilized the net. There was a run of like five or six games straight for, for UPL where he let in two goals. You knew it was going to be two goals. And that was good for the team. That really helped the team sort of right the ship and get back to where they wanted to go, where they wanted to be. Because they are a development, they're, they're a development team at the moment. A lot of their key players are young. Even Alex Tuck, who they get in the Jack Eichel trade, is only about 25 years old. He's still young. There's still potential in there. There's still a better player in there. And if you ask a lot of hockey heads, he's playing better with the Sabres in that you know three quarters of a season than he ever played with Vegas. There is a great player in Alex Tuck. And it's getting better. But the one issue everyone had with this team going into the offseason, going into the draft, and now going into free agency was goaltender. What is going to happen there? And they answered that, Bell. They answered that. Was the market great? No. Could they have made trades? Yes. Were they going to sell the farm to get a goaltender? Were they going to overpay to get a goaltender? I'm so thankful they did not. There was not good enough names to do it. And to be fair, outside of maybe Campbell, why would you do that to then stunt the growth of any of your prospects who all look like the better option in two, three years? Your goal should always be to not have to touch free agency. Hockey is a sport where you should be able to, if, you, if done right, if done correctly, you just keep bringing guys up through the prospect pool. You just keep signing, re-signing your own guys. Look at Tampa Bay. Just keep re-signing your guys. Keep everyone together. And if people leave, fine. We have another guy coming up. We have another guy that was just waiting for an opportunity. That's where you want to get. And the Sabres were not going to trade a first-round pick, or they weren't going to trade some of their high-end prospects to get a goaltender who ultimately they may strongly believe won't even be their starter in two years. So why sell the farm? I know it's tough to preach, to preach patience in an 11-year drought. It's nearly impossible, and I'm not going to try. I will not try to preach patience in an 11-year drought. That is an impossible task. And to be fair, it's not fair. Because the team has been run so poorly for so long, it almost feels like, no, as fans, we deserve an immediate success. We deserve an immediate you know jolt of electricity essentially through our bodies that all right we're back we're back signing Johnny Goudreau may have done that it may have done that 
And with him signing in Columbus, you know, Sneaky Joe brought up the idea that, well, maybe he would have just signed for, like, any Northeastern team. Maybe he would have just listened to any team in the Eastern Conference. Maybe. I don't know. I would have loved Johnny Goudreau on the team. But it's also not what they really want to do right now. They do not want to force feed a rebuild. They want to stay the course. I can understand that. In the years with Tim Murray, they jumped the gun too often and too much. They traded an entire farm system for players who essentially, they never worked together. Evander Kane, Ryan O'Reilly, Jack Eichel, they never really worked together. They also played guys who never should have played the amount of minutes they were, they were playing. Rasmus Ristolainen. They had really bad coaching hires who seemingly never could fit or were never willing to adapt and change. Ralph Kruger, to me, is the, is the pinnacle of that. And yet, as we're seeing, there are talented players on this team. And there's a lot of young talent. I am more than okay that the Sabres did not really do anything great in free agency. They they are not going to make, you know, hockey news or they're not they're not going to be the, that team in Sports Center or in TSN that you know that's the headline. Look look what the Sabers did. They're not going to be that team. But what they do is they go out and they kind of play it the way the Bills did when Brandon Bean had come in. Remember that first off season he was here. He did not participate in the draft, but he did participate in that off season. He traded away a ton of players. Do that. All right, now we've got our team. Now I will tell you, the best thing that happened to the Saber or the, to the Bills was making the playoffs that first year. Gave them a lot of leeway, gave them a lot of room to grow. But then that second year, they get bargain deals, and the Sabers did that with Eric Comrie and Ilya Lubushkin. They needed a goaltender and a right shot defenseman, and in the right shot defenseman, they got an absolute grinder and a dude that is a hard worker and will hit. That is what they really needed to help out on that blue line. Because the blue line for the Sabres has a ton of skill. But they needed that player that can be an absolute bruiser who can really punish people. So they did that. But it is now 716, so I do want to remind you, if you go to give716.org, you can start donating now. And one of your donation or one of the incentives that is coming up at the eight o'clock hour is a autographed Josh Allen jersey to the first 100 donators of $716 or more. Again, that is at 8 o'clock. But right now, donations going to the Sean, Sean, Sean and Jamie McDermott and the Bills and Sabres Foundations. You can start donating now. You can go to give716.org if you want to start donating now. But back to the Sabres. They also added a trio of defensemen. I do not want to ignore them. I do not want to ignore them. I'd be remiss if I did. But ultimately, they are going to Rochester, and I'm more than okay with that. But where do the Sabres sit now, right? We've talked about what they've, what they've, what they've added. Air Comrie in goal, Labushkin on the blue line. But Detroit and Ottawa added a lot. And Detroit and Ottawa were already very promising teams. They were already very scary teams. And earlier, you know, tonight... The Senators re-signed Josh Norris. He scored 35 goals for them. But I want to bring Josh Norris up. Ottawa made some moves, Claude Giroux being the main one. He comes over from Florida, previously on Philadelphia, where he was the face of that franchise for as long as I can remember. It's been years. 
They traded for Norris when he was very, very young. Norris has essentially been their prospect. And he scored 35 goals for them, and they're able to sign him back to an eight-year deal. $63.5 million. That is what the Sabres want to do. That is what the Sabres are hoping J.J. Paterka comes, Jack Quinn becomes, Peyton Krebs becomes, Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson in a career year. Over 35 goals. Where was that? Who? Nobody can sit here and truthfully say, oh yeah, just, just move Tage Thompson over to center. He's going to be a phenomenal player. He's going to score over 30 goals. I promise you. No one said that. I remember it was one of my first weeks, you know, really and truly working here. It was brought up and it was like, eh, you know, this is an experimental season. Why not? See what happens. Who cares? This season's basically a wash anyways. It worked. It really worked. You can make the argument outside of Rasmus Dahlin truly finding his groove under Don Granado, that's the best piece of coaching I've seen in five, six years. Is turning Tage Thompson into a 30-plus goal, 35-plus goal scorer. Out of nowhere. Kyle Oposo all of a sudden makes his contract not look that bad. Jeff Skinner starts finding his groove again. So in that context, in that context of, of those three guys, I'm sorry, those four guys, Rasmus Dahlin also belongs in that. Why is it so out of the realm of possibility that the Sabres will be infinitely better this upcoming season because a number of their young guys take huge steps forward? Peyton Krebs now has a he has a whole season with Granada. Now he's got an offseason and another season. Peyton Krebs is one of the best passers on the team. He's unbelievable. Rasmus Dahlin, what if the second half of the season that we saw is the full season? What if Tage Thompson bumps those assist numbers up a little bit? Gets a little more comfortable in the role of truly being a playmaking center that can score an elite level. Jeff Skinner continues to be the goal scorer that he is. Dylan Cousins takes another step forward and becomes a 20, 25, maybe even 30 goal scorer. Then you end the fact that, I mean, how long did we have Owen Power on the team? Six games? What, what is he going to do for this team? He could be extra or in, inspirational to this team in terms of like the success they can have. You have two first overall picks on your blue line. That can be instrumental to making the push forward. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not coming on here to say that they're absolutely going to make the playoffs. I am here to say they're not going to be a bottom five roster. Jack Quinn had one of the best AHL seasons ever. Why would I expect him to show up in the NHL and bust? Why would I expect that? I'm not. Am I expecting him to be a 40-goal scorer? No, that's ridiculous. 20 to 25 goals? That's not bad. J.J. Paterka had a really good season in the AHL, and then the playoffs happened, and he was exceptional. He could be an immediate hit right away. Right away, those two could be ex exceptional for the team. Where before you had guys like Andres Bjork and even Vinny Hinnestroza, who, of course, the Sabres re-signed. But those two could genuinely fight those two for roles on the team. That would be unbelievable. Then you add in guys. Victor Olofsson was also re-signed by the team. Two-year deal. He seemingly, once he got healthy, not only found his role on the 5-on-5, five five,
but you were you everyone saw and remembered how deadly that shot is. You don't find that all the time. And now I, this is it's becoming a little bit of a joke, but it's true. The vibes are good. The vibes are good. And the big part, the big reason why this team was not competitive for large parts of the season last year, really the middle part, was goaltending. I personally believe Uka Pekalugan should be here day one. I believe he should be in Buffalo starting the season and really getting his NHL career going. I really believe that. But Eric Comrie having to deal as the backup in Winnipeg for so long because of Hallibuck. Hallibuck is unbelievable. He was not, not going to break through. And to be fair, if he did, he's their starter now. But as we also saw with Winnipeg, they're not really great at asset management. If he played a game and a half more, he would have become an RFA. He would still be in Winnipeg. The pay, and, and the Sabres get him on a two-year deal. They didn't have to overpay for anybody. They just brought him in. We're going to make this work and see what happens. Comrie could be terrible. I have no idea how that's going to work. It's a, it's a ton of upside and potential. But if it works, you could have a 27, 28-year-old goalie. Uka Pekalukin is still something. Devin Levi's coming. You seemingly have fixed the goaltending issue. And in an NHL, in a modern NHL, where goaltending isn't the end-all, be-all to you winning a cup. Look at Colorado, what they just did. Kemper, yes. He gets signed by Washington, and Washington kind of jumps the gun on that. Because, truthfully, Colorado wins that cup in spite of him. Colorado is just one of the most talented teams in hockey. They are going to lose Kadri, Nazem Kadri, and it's not really going to affect them. They're going to be fine. If the Sabres can get solid league average goaltending out of Eric Comrie, they're going to be an infinitely better team because they had unbelievably below average goaltending for large portions of last season. They're going to have another year with a lot of their young players coming through, consistently feeling good. Because when was the last time we can truly say a Sabres team, without a doubt, felt good about where they're at? Look what we're hearing about in the Sabres development camp. Dylan Cousins shows up today and he's hanging out with Matthew Savoy. Just hanging out. Shooting it with them and just and, and talking about the city of Buffalo. When was the last time we can say that? Because for the last 11 years, the vibes have not been good. They've not been great. They've been anything but. The wheels are turning. But I said I wasn't going to do it, but I am. You got to be, we have to be patient. We have to be. The, the Bills, as much as it felt like it was a, an immediate turnaround when, when, when McDermott got here, it wasn't. They were able to sneak in the playoffs through a very stingy defense that was turnover heavy. The Sabres didn't get that lucky. They instead are in the Eastern Conference, which is loaded to all you know what with you know Tampa and Florida and Boston. and It's, it's loaded and it's tough. But they're making the right moves. We're going to take a quick timeout, but before we leave, do want to give you one more quick reminder that you can go to give716.org if you want to start donating. The Sabres and Bills, they're hosting Give 716 Day that, of course, began about 10 minutes ago. And at 8 o'clock tonight, so right as we're getting off the air, you will have a chance to win a Josh Allen autographed jersey if you are one of the first 100 donators of $716 or more. Again, that is at the 8 o'clock hour 
So start donating now. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, I do want to touch on the Johnny Goudreau signing. I want to touch on that because, truthfully, I know Columbus started getting brought up, you know, at the 11th hour when everything was coming down. But I that stunned me. I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about where the Sabres can take advantage of Goudreau being off Calgary. We're going to do all that and a little bit more coming up here on the Nightcap here on WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back into the Nightcap here on WGR. I'll be with you for about another half hour or so. Got a lot to talk about, especially in the NHL. Before we went to break, Johnny Goudreau. I mean, that's, that's the big name for this free agency period. Of course, you, you had guys like John Klingberg, Nazem Kadri, but Goudreau was the guy, right? I mean, we he was the guy. Became sort of obvious he was not going to be returning to Calgary. Had over 100 points with them this past season. Paired with Matthew Kachuk, who we'll get to in a little bit. But it became obvious he was not going to be returning to Calgary. There were rumors that he wanted to go home. He wanted to be closer to home. He's from New Jersey, very close to Philadelphia. Philadelphia, rumors started swirling. They wanted to trade James Van Riemsdyk to clear up cap space. Maybe make a move for Johnny Hockey. New Jersey, of course, where he's from. They need a star winger to pair with Jack Hughes. Maybe they're going to do it. And then Columbus, out of nowhere... Entered the fray. And that is where Johnny Goudreau ends up. He is a Columbus Blue Jacket. It feels weird. It feels incredibly weird. I'm not here to say that Columbus feels like a fake NHL team. That's ridiculous. But the fact that they're younger than me by two years, that feels wrong. It feels wrong. And it's not like they're Las Vegas or Seattle, right? They're also younger than me. But they're in big markets. Las Vegas, as we see, they act exactly like the city they're in. 
They wheel and deal. They try to make signings. To be fair, if they had the cap space, they would have probably been on Johnny Hockey too. It would have absolutely been on him. And Seattle. Seattle's a slightly bigger market. Have definitely been craving an NHL team for a long time. And, you know, they have two other pro sports teams. The Seattle Seahawks and Mariners. Columbus is a is a college football town in central Ohio. It felt wild that the biggest move the NHL has seen in free agency in four or five years? Guy doesn't go to Philadelphia or New Jersey or the Islanders or even stays in Calgary. He goes to Columbus, Ohio. The Blue Jackets signed him for seven years, $9.8 million per year. That is by far their biggest free agent signing in their history. But what does this mean for Goudreau? I've seen some people you know, point out that well, he, he clearly doesn't want you know, the pressure. He's going to a small market team. He doesn't want the pressure. Ah, that contract's a lot. He's, the, he's now the most expensive player that team's ever had. That's, that's pressure alone. I think as well, you can add in the fact that the pressure Johnny Goudreau is probably going to be feeling now in Columbus is you need to bring hockey to Columbus. You are one of the most exciting players in hockey, in the sport. You need to put butts in seats. That's why we're paying you. That's why, or that's the pressure Goudreau is feeling. In Calgary, if he stayed with Kachuk and that elite offense they had, especially on the 5-on-5, the pressure there was to win a cup. And that was the only pressure. It was win a Stanley Cup, beat Edmonton, win the West. That's it. That's your pressure. In Columbus, it's a bit more nuance. I've, I, I won't lie to you. I've never been to a Columbus Blue Jackets game. I do know they feel the, like the outlier of the NHL. They do. Artemi Panarin couldn't wait to leave Columbus. And now that he's on the Rangers, he's flourishing. And he, and he did in Columbus, but with the Rangers, he has been phenomenal. He made it to the Eastern Conference Finals this past year. Almost 100-point scorer. But Goudreau is going to be feeling that pressure of bringing hockey to Columbus. Make Columbus a marquee team. Hockey is an interesting sport compared to a lot of others. It is a ton of small markets. It's a ton of them. It's in niche markets. Those are where a lot of your successful teams are. A lot of teams that are hockey crazy are not necessarily in these massive towns. So why not go to Columbus? It's smaller, a little more personal. I mean, truthfully, if, if we're complaining about any pressure, why would a player ever come to Buffalo? We've never won a Stanley Cup. Yes, there's pressure to, of course, get one. But unlike the Edmonton Oilers or the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Detroit Red Wings, there isn't this pressure to continue the legacy of success. The Sabres, and you know, for lack of better words, the Bills, the pressure is more just to get the first one. But with Columbus, he's going in again like it would be in Buffalo in a few years. Buffalo is already a hockey town. We are hockey crazed. I mean, I, I, I tell people this all the time. I am a Bills fan. I'm a football guy through and through. That's my first love. That is my first sport. I didn't personally play it a ton. But that is like the sport I adore watching. And yet I far prefer going to Sabres games. When that arena is going, there is no better place to be. I absolutely love it. That is what Columbus wants is for a 
college town, and that's key here, a college town to be hockey crazy. Johnny Goudreau can do that. He is that talented of a player. And they get him not when he's 35 or 34 and it's the twilight of his career and it's more, oh, well, this is he's just kind of fun to have. Like this is just it's it's gonna put butts in seats. It's kind of like when Wayne Gretzky went to the Rangers. Like it's one of those situations where you're not really expecting a ton, but you know people will show up to see this player. Even if it's not in their prime, it's to see them. Michael Jordan to Washington. Again, same thing. You get to see them not as they were, but what they are now. But it's still them. You get Johnny Goudreau still in his 20s. I mean, I, I want to say he's 28, coming off his best statistical season, coming off a playoff berth. And another big thing, just flat out, Columbus got the big fish. That in and of itself sells. That sells people on a sport, whatever it is. Look at Mario Williams to the Bills a number of years ago. That sold people. Taylor Hall to the Sabres not that long ago sold people. That's what Goudreau going to Columbus will do, hopefully, for Columbus. And there is pressure to him. Is it the same as Calgary or if he went to New Jersey or if he went to Philadelphia? No. But there is pressure. You are now the highest free agent signing of, a franchise, of this franchise ever. You are coming into a relatively still new organization. I think their first year was 2000. So they're, you know, they're 22 years old. And they've had very little success their entire franchise's history. You can make an argument Kudrow was maybe the best player they've ever had. Or at least at, at the current point is the best player they've ever had. It's huge. Goudreau can bring hockey to Columbus. And again, and I want to preface this, to a college town. That fits the sport of hockey more than anything ever. There's no other pro sports team. Now, you can argue Ohio State is considered a pro sports team. And it, now with the new rules of college football, it kind of is. But he can change the landscape of that team. Are they going to make the playoffs this year? I don't think so. To be fair, that was my first reaction to... Him picking Columbus over Calgary. I even tweeted out. I'm like, that's probably the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen in the city of Calgary is he picked them to go to Central Ohio. Yeah, a little jab at the state of Ohio. I don't feel bad about it. But what he can do is bring that sport life in that area. Again, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they have the talent. But that's a darn good start. That's how you start. Columbus is not doing what the Sabres are doing. They're not doing what Detroit's doing. They're not doing what Ottawa's doing. They decided, nope, we're going to do this, and this will get people to come here. Because Columbus is sitting in that awkward position of it's tough to keep people here. They just dealt with it with Panarin. Now, with this move, they can hopefully drag people to Columbus. Because they didn't trade for him. They didn't draft him. He chose them. Now, on the flip side, where does this leave Calgary? I brought up when we started the segment, Matthew Kachuk. What goes on there now? There were rumors that if Goudreau left, Kachuk would want out. It's understandable. Kachuk and Goudreau both were over 100-point scorers. Massive year for them. What goes on there now? I think we'll at least get through most of the season before a trade request comes in. An official one where, you know, everyone's reporting it. 
But I do think we'll get to that point. Calgary will not be a good team this year, or at least not as good as they were last year. They may make the playoffs, but they, I don't think they will. Goudreau was that important to them. He was phenomenal. He was their best player. You don't lose your best player and get better. That's just not how it is. Should the Sabres make a move? I think yes. And not because it's just it's a big trade for a, a great player and a great young player. Matthew Kachuk right now is 24 years old. to be 25 in the season. It's more because, as we're all watching Detroit and Ottawa get better, and it is painful, and Columbus getting better, it is painful. Detroit and Ottawa, I believe, are a year ahead of schedule. Their prospects are a bit older. They're a bit more... They're done simmering. They're done cooking. The timer's gone off. Now they're making their move. The Sabres, some of their best prospects, aren't here yet. They're not playing yet. They still have some of the older guys that they will eventually offload. I think Gergensen's. Kyle Posto, as great as he has been, I think in the next two years will probably not be on this team. That is when you make a move. You take a team that will be desperate to get rid of Kachuk, to get anything they can for him. And what do the Sabres have? Oh, that's right. A phenomenal prospect pool that they just took three first-round picks. Would you be happier with Matthew Kachuk after you trade Osland? Maybe another prospect and a second-round pick. Or would you be happier with the Sabres trading this year to get a goaltender who is about the same as Air Comrie? That's how I'm going to look at this. This is how I'm deciding I'm going to look at this. Them deciding to just go a little cheap, get a solid goaltender with a ton of upside, and spend all of their picks, that tells me they're going to be willing to make deals because it's still draft capital. You can always, always, in a sport like hockey or baseball, sell people on prospects. You always can. Because to be fair, if you're being drafted in the NHL or the MLB, you're good enough. You are absolutely good enough. And that is what they're going to sell each other on. Kevin Adams is buying his time. I'm, I fully believe that because I love everything he has said. I've loved everything Don Granato has said. I feel like they are absolutely turning the corner. Look at what happened after the draft. Jerry Fortin, one of our lead scouts, the head of player development, in tears talking about Kevin Adams and all he means for this organization. There is a plan there. It is still high-end draft capital, what they just did. And when Matthew Kachuk, and he will, become available to trade, the Sabres will be in on that market. And if the players do take the step forward, I imagine most of them will because Don Granato is a very good coach. Kachuk is going to be that move. He is going to be the move that puts the Sabres back on the map. They may not get him. I'm not saying they will, but they will be in on that move. Because that is a move that you make when you're ready to start being competitive again. They can see, just as we all can, the teams in the East are getting older. Washington, who's going to play center? Baxter is probably going to be out all year because of hip, because of hip surgery. They likely were going to go for a Venny Malkin. He signs back with Pittsburgh. But going to Pittsburgh, they're old, and the vibes are not good there. Five straight playoff losses. You can argue it was goaltending-wise, and I would agree with that. But they're a year older, and they ain't getting younger. 
and their bodies are showing a lot of wear and tear. Malkin especially. Boston, kind of want to keep going, but if they don't get Kadri, I don't nearly fear them as much as I did. Detroit, Ottawa, of course, they're getting better. We'll see how that looks. Again, they can look great on paper, and it could all fall apart immediately. Us as Sabres fans should know that better than anybody. I think we all felt really good at the idea of Jack Eichel, Ryan O'Reilly, Evander Kane. I think we all felt good about that. It can go south. It just may not work. It doesn't have to be bad. It just doesn't work. Toronto, this Sabres group apparently loves playing Toronto. They play them great every single time. I would love to play Toronto 82 times a season. It's great television. Tampa's still great, of course. That's not really going to change. But I like what the Sabres did because they didn't do anything too aggressive too early. We can go back to the Murray days. They made moves too quickly. They made them ahead of schedule. They didn't allow what really makes a winning hockey team. Which is prospects. It's it's building up your own talent pool. It's paying your own. It's dragging everyone up together. Look how these young guys on the Sabres team talk about one another. They want to win together. Culture is always a zing word that like everyone's like, eh, I don't really care until it works. That's a winning culture. When all of your young guys, as a 24-year-old myself, it can be tough to get 20-year-olds to all agree with something, to all work hard and do the same thing together. They all want to do that. That's a winning culture. And if they rush to move for a Johnny Goudreau or they try to trade the farm system to get a, a, a solid goaltender. And let's all be honest with ourselves with the goaltender market. It wasn't anything that was going to – now now they're a playoff team. It was nothing like that. If they did that, they were hurting themselves more than they ever should. But now that they have the draft capital – and they have more coming up. It wasn't like this is the only draft where they're loaded. They have more coming up. They'll be able to trade for bigger pieces to really push this forward. They have to rebuild their brand first, but they are getting there. And they're getting there, I believe, very quickly. We're going to take a quick time out when we come back. The Cincinnati Bengals have joined the all-white uniform club. I want to talk about that because it is my favorite thing now in sports. That coming up here on the last segment here on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Our final segment of the hour, final segment tonight. Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to switch a little bit to football here as we wrap up the show. All white uniforms. I got to tell you, it's the best thing in sports. Easily the best thing in sports. If you can pull off an all white look for your jersey in football, you have to do it or you're doing a disservice to your team. Absolutely doing a disservice to your team if you're not. Every time the Bills show up and they're all white, the white pants, obviously white helmet, white jersey, it's the cleanest look you're going to see that Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever it is. It's the cleanest look in the NFL. Cincinnati saw that and went, we'll raise you. Because orange with that white and black look looks phenomenal. That looks really, really clean. And they're going to wear it a few times this year. I don't think it's been reported yet how many times they're going to wear it. I believe it was called their Christmas Jerseys, uh, they'd be foolish if they wear that once. That is going to be such a hot ticket. All white uniforms just hit. They do. They do. 
And I'm so glad more NFL teams, especially now with the new helmet rules, which is why the Cincinnati Bengals were able to do this. They're able to have different helmets. They're able to have, I think, two different helmets now. Another team that should jump in on this, the Philadelphia Eagles. Green and white, phenomenal look. It'd be such a good look. I love that more teams are doing this. Get a little creative with their jerseys. I love that teams are doing this. The Chargers, for years, have had some of the best alternate jerseys because of that powder blue and gold. It looks phenomenal. And now way more teams are getting involved in that. I love it. That is going to wrap it up here on the extra point or on the nightcap. Thank you for joining me on my maiden voyage. I've again I've, I've stepped in with this show a few times over the past few weeks. I've done you know some sports talk Saturday, some extra point stuff, but you know this is a, you know officially my show. I you know, I thank Jody Biasi for for hanging it off to me and and for giving me full confidence. I thank him for helping me these past few months of really preparing me to to take up this venture. Uh, you're going to he- be hearing hopefully a lot more of me with Shopin the Bulldog. As we continue that adventure, you're going to be hearing Sneaky Joe a ton more on the morning show as he helps out with Howard Simon and Jeremy White. He's moved over there. So, again, thank you. Tomorrow, Jeremy White and Sneaky Joe DiBiase, they've got the morning show. And, again, reminder for Shopin' the Bulldog at 5 p.m., Rick Jenneret will be show, will be joining the show with Bulldog and Sal. Mike is still on vacation. That is going to do it here on the Nightcap. Thank you for listening here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.